Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. This podcast is home to the raw, real, unscripted conversations that nobody else wants to have. On Tuesdays, I bring in the guest experts, and on Thursdays, you'll hear all the high thoughts. So excited that you are here, so grab your coffee, cocktail, whatever your drink of choice is, and let's head to the lounge. Katie fucking Diffley, welcome to Lexi's Lounge again. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I love that Irish slang there. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good. I'm so uh, like, honestly, I'm so excited to have you back. I mean, just us having a conversation, just chatting in general is so long overdue. So I'm so excited that you're here for the people who are like, you're back. What do you mean? Can you tell people who you are, what you do? Yeah. So my name is Katie Diffie. I am CEO and founder of Rebel Rising, which has just been birthed literally only last week. I'm a, a business marketing mentor, basically help women get out of their own fucking way and create wild success on their terms. So my background is in corporate, big tech, all the things we've spoken about before, managing multi-billion dollar regions, multi-billion dollar campaigns, launches, launches, and more launches. I had a team of 16 online marketing experts, managed 13 websites for one of the biggest tech companies in the world. So it was pretty crazy. But I just knew that like corporate was not for me. Wanted to do something myself. And then last September, I said goodbye to all this stability and stepped into my own rebel self, which, yeah, that is, I suppose, really what I want to do is help women to create wealth, impact, and abundance on their terms. That's just the biggest thing for me. I am so proud of you for making that leap. I remember we first met when you were still at your corporate gig. And then I remember seeing the announcement that you quit. And I was like, that is huge. Like what emotions were you feeling when you put in your notice? Uh, Like for me, the biggest thing was, shit, how am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to pay like my health insurance? (laughs) How are we going to do all the things? You know, it's not like I'm a mom of two from Ireland and like you you're not just thinking about yourself anymore you're thinking about the other people in your life so you're thinking about your kids and you know your husband and my husband is self-employed so it was big risk as well for us to have both of us you know self-employed so yeah and it was off the back of COVID as well (laughs) it was like very risky but I just I just knew I knew it was the right thing to do and I just trusted and went with it. What was the the turning point when you were like, all right, I'm going to quit and I'm going to go full time on my own? So I had been doing a lot in corporate, like in my role, it was, I suppose, two parts. So I was very much a program manager of all the big campaigns, such as Black Friday, which is like a multi-million dollar campaign. And then I also had the leadership role of looking after 16 people who were also trying to scale their careers and, you know, move up the ladder. And I was trying to support them. We had like some redundancy situations going on. There was just so much being thrown at us. And I was just like, this is just not a vibe for me. I remember an old director of mine, not my one that I had just when I left, but an old director before that saying like, you need to be a a Rothweiler. You need to be that like that hard ass manager. And I didn't want to be that. And I took his advice at the time. This was a few years prior. I took his advice and I got this shitty ass review from my team about like, you know, lack of trust. Like they didn't trust me and communication and all the things because I was being someone else. I was literally do you know, letting him mold me into this like hard ass manager, which I did not want to be. So after I got that result, I really started to think, okay, how can I bring in more of me, more of my intuition, more of myself, more of my feminine qualities into my role? 
And I did that. And the following year, I got 100% from my team, which is unheard of. Um, You basically get like a Leadership Rockstar Award and it is unheard of. Like, no, it just doesn't happen. The Rockstar Award, I think, go from like 80%. No one gets 100. So it just showed me that, no, I don't have to do it their way. Like, I can do it my way and still be very successful, have a team that trusts me and the team... I loved them. They loved me. We got on so well. And it was just removing those, I suppose, the hierarchy and the barriers for them as well, which was nice. So I did all that. Um, I was starting to do business on the side. So I had a little boy who had strep meningitis when he was born. So that was 2018. And I was starting like to use a lot of natural products on him, which then turned into like me sharing this on Instagram, people asking me about these products and me basically getting commission off the back of them. So it was network marketing. Started doing that a bit and I was like, hmm, this what is this entrepreneur life? <laughs> and that kind of opened my eyes to the whole world of online, you know, entrepreneurship. And from then I was like, okay, what can I do? Like marketing is my jam, launching is my jam, sales. I love all of that. But I want to be able to, you know, bring something different. I don't want to really corporate business. That's not what I want to do. And I really just, I think it was the Boss Babe Society, which was like the first membership I joined and started to talk to like different women and networking and all the things. And from that is how I got my first few clients was literally networking and talking to women and started to do a bit on the side. That was probably 2012. And I was like, okay, there is something in this, but I can't manage it all. I can't manage this and create like crazy corporate job with this. So I think from probably early 2020, I was really looking for that out. Then an opportunity came about, an entrepreneurship program here in Ireland came up, a growth program, which is, you've got Shark Tank, right? Over there. Okay. So here it's called Dragon's Den, but it's very similar. It's the similar structure. It's like, you go in and you're going to get eaten by these <laughs> interviewers. Yeah. So I did that and I got in. So that allowed me the, you know, okay, I need to do this. So I need to step away from the corporate, take this opportunity, go with this program, start my own business properly, not just a side gig and um, go full time. And then I did. And it literally is the best thing I've ever done. Oh, I know. I I see your, all of the content that you're putting out, the programs that you're creating. And I'm just like blown away by how you do it. I'm like, you are a freaking rock star. It's seriously such an honor to know you. Your story, I didn't know your whole background and where you all started. So this is so interesting because I feel like a lot of people resonate mm-hmm. with this. Like, especially the part where, you know, they're in corporate and then kind of dabble into the network marketing and then think, oh, well, yeah. what else could I do? So mm-hmm. I think that that is super resonant, especially with me, because that was kind of how I was. Like I didn't network, mar- I did yeah. so many network marketing things. And I'm like, well, why would I give them a cut? <laughs> That's what it was for me. I was like, hang on a second here. <laughs> what is like, you know, you're putting all of your energy into selling and doing all these things, but you're getting a, a small percentage. And I was like, then it was, okay, well, the service based business um, you know the coaching industry services base came up and I was like that's definitely more profitable I have a lot of experience in business so I came to that realization pretty quick that okay there has to be a better way to actually make a profitable business but yeah you say that to me and I'm like look I look at you and go how do you do it all like hello Airbnbs and fucking everything I'm like oh my god how oh my gosh well I mean the same way you do it right we just do it (laughs) It just happens. Okay. So with your brand, you Mm -hmm. had, so you first were, oh, I forget the first name you were in your company. What was it? 
SoCo. SoCo. We are SoCo. SoCo. Okay. So then you went to Leo Rising Mm -hmm. and now you are Rebel Rising. Mm -hmm. So I would love to chat with you about the pivot because I feel like you are the queen of pivoting. Like you, you don't let those fears of like, oh, well, I'm a failure. Or if I change this, then I'm going to lose all my clients. Or if I do this, then that's going to happen. You just fucking do it. So can you talk to me more yeah. about like what inspired the pivot? Well, okay. So SoCo basically meant like social community. I always knew I wanted to create like a community of women online. Like that was the thing for me. So that was initially, I was doing that. I was getting clients in. It was going well. But the brand, the actual branding and everything around it, like the website, I had the website fucking like fully desi- fully designed and I didn't launch it because it just didn't feel like me. I was like this just doesn't feel right and it was one of my clients kelly preston who you've had on here before and kelly and i were like she was working with me one to one and i was helping grow her business which is branding and websites but she does it with a twist she does it with astrology like an astrology twist on it which is incredible very eye-opening and we had just been chatting so much and decided right we're going to try and do a partnership we're going to go into business together do a partnership and that was Leo Rising, which was the next business or the next brand. Leo Rising, we were both Leo Rising in our chart. Leo Rising is all about like, you know, that fire and your your rising sign is all about your purpose and your go-getter, you know, life, what you're going after in life. So it made sense. And with Kelly being a brand astrologist, made so much sense for the brand. But things with we are still like super super close and we still collaborate a lot but with her being in the US she was in California I was here in Ireland eight hours apart so many logistics in terms of like finance and taxes it was so messy and we decided right let's keep it separate so I went I still went ahead and launched Leo Rising and it was incredible we had an incredible launch in March brought in insane amounts of money which I couldn't believe into the business but it's still, I was like, hmm, there's something. And when I don't feel fully, fully behind something and like fully energetic behind, I'm just like that. Let's just change it. And I think, I know you know human design, don't know if your listeners do, but I'm a manifesting generator. And manifesting generators, they like, they do things, they do things fast. So I think with me understanding myself and that self-awareness of it's actually okay to pivot. It's okay to change. This is part of who I am. I'm probably going to pivot and change another hundred times over. And that's okay because it works for me and my energy. It might not work for everyone, but it certainly does for me. I think that's why I was able to do it without just with that courage and conviction and really just go for it. Yeah. You know, when, when you were talking about how, you know, just the, the different pivots that you've gone through this year, I think the biggest point that you kept coming back to was the fact that it wasn't aligned with you. And I think that that's something Mm -hmm. that holds a lot of people back is, you know, they create something, they spend so much time, put so much effort into it, and they feel like they're chained to it. Like they have to stay there, even though it does not feel aligned. So for the people Mm -hmm. who are listening that are like, oh my God, yes, I've created this thing, but it I, I, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel online. Like, what do you have to say to them to take that leap into the pivot? Just fucking do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like literally just do it. Like if it doesn't feel aligned, the new energy that you can bring 
And this happens like every time I do change, that new energy, your passion, your excitement behind it is going to outweigh any negative of changing your brand. You're really like stepping into that power. And I did, I looked at everything going like, this is, this is going to be so annoying to try and change all of the domains and all of the setup and the emails and all that thing. And I was like, you know, changing all of your Instagram, changing everything. I was like, this is a, a pain to do. But what are the consequences if I don't do it? Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm stuck feeling this constant, like I'm just not at my full self, then what are the consequences if I don't? So I think having that courage and conviction just to go and do it. I like your audience. People get worried about their audience. You know, are they going to think I'm, oh, I'm a mess because I'm changing so much? They don't. If you have a, an audience that's engaged and locked on to you, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you sell. They will still be there. And they will appreciate you bringing that courage and conviction to the table because it allows them to also bring it within their business as well. Hey, it's Alexi McKinley. Interrupting your thought process here because... I want to share something with you. Well, actually, can you do me a favor? Will you please stop what you're doing right now, head to my Instagram at alexi.mckinley, and DM me the words in all capitals, podcast, and see what happens. Okay, back to our regular programming. Yeah, and to that point, I also believe that it shows them that you as a human being continue to evolve. Like if you are still behind Mm -hmm. a brand that is not aligned with you, but you're there for like 20 Mm -hmm. years, your audience is going to eventually probably be like, well, like there's no like spark or spice. There's nothing like new here. Yeah. So I love the fact that you were like, you have to keep evolving. You have to keep changing. You have Mm -hmm. to just fucking do it and step into yeah. Step into that intuitive inner knowing that's inside you, that's pushing mm-hmm. you, like maybe even giving you a physical reaction to like showing up on social media. Definitely. It was holding me back by not doing it. So I'm launching a podcast and that was the thing that was holding me back. Yes, you will definitely be on there as a guest. And that was a big thing that was holding me back was like, I don't want to launch the thing and then have that have to get rebranded because I know I'm going to do this at some stage. And I was like, why not just do it now? So pull back on the podcast to relaunch. And I think, yeah, sometimes it might slow you down like a rebrand. It can, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but I finally feel fully like this is me. This is what I want to do. And this is how I want to show up. And this is, you know, the story I want to tell. So it feels Yes. And it looks amazing too. Like as a consumer, I can feel just the shift in your messaging, your content, the way you show up, the way you talk. Oh my gosh. When you got on there the other day and you were like talking about payment plans and you're like, like you were, you were like lit up and I loved it. I'm like, yes, this energy that was like, I was like, that's my girl. That's my Katie. I think that's it. Like it brings, because when you're not aligned with something, and I I don't even like that word aligned, but it's just like you have this inner knowing that something's not right. And when you have that, it's constantly, it's a constant barrier between you and your content, between you and your audience, between you and your offers, between you and selling. So when you can remove that barrier, things become easier and you just... Like I curse a lot. You know, I curse a lot. And I wanted that that to be part of my brand because it's who I am. Mm -hmm. So, you know... And it's it's done out of passion and excitement for things rather than aggression, you know? And I was like, that's just me. So I want that as part of my brand. And then I speak about the rebel, like the rebel woman all the time and wild success. And, you know, 
stepping into your power and really doing it differently and doing things on your terms, which is all part of that kind of rebel woman. And it just felt so right to do. So I'm so happy. I did. Yes. Okay. So with the, with the pivot though, comes the launch, the launch of your new mm-hmm. brand. And I know that you are literally one of the top people when it comes to launching. So tell me a little bit about like when you have these pivots, like how do you figure out how you're going to relaunch? Like what does that whole process look like? So with launching, I think that I very much feel into the particular offer or if it's a brand change or if it's a podcast you're releasing or whatever it is. It's like you don't have to have this structured plan to launch the thing. So when we were launching, for example, Leah Rising, it was very much about the intimacy, bringing in the people into our world that we could truly see as part of our community, part of our brand. And what I did there was hosted a secret event, which you were part of. And that secret event was like about bringing women together to see like their reaction to the brand, their reaction to you know, everything, the excitement in you and to see the excitement in them around what you were launching as well. So intimacy is super important when you're doing, particularly at the start of your business, unless you've got like 25, 50,000 followers or whatever, you would go down that route of more broadcast marketing where here's the new brand, here's the new launch and you can do it without much, you know, you can give it a new offer tomorrow if you want and people will buy. But with A launch like this, when you are talking about like a smaller audience, more intimate relationships is really, really key. So bringing them in to the behind the scenes, showing them first, giving that exclusivity was really important. And again, like that's something that I'm considering for Rebel Rising when the branding and everything is finished is bringing in more of an exclusive group of women to get their reactions, see what they think and the whole direction that it's going, share the vision, like get them in on the vision that you're creating. Mm, Yeah. So they feel like they have their hand in it. They feel like they've created it or they're a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because your community and your audience is a part of it. Like they are the people that are going to buy your offers are going to engage with your content are going to, you know, be on podcasts together. You know, it's just, it's as important for me to get the feedback from my audience and community as it is to sell my offers. I want to know like if this is resonating with people, you know, if they're as excited about it as I am. And I think intimacy is super important at the early stages of your business. Yeah, totally. I 100% agree with that. And I think a lot of people maybe inadvertently already do a version of this when it comes to market research. When they get mm-hmm. people on their one-on-one market research calls yeah. and they're like, hey, here's what kind of what I have in mind. What feedback do you have? Yeah, exactly. And that's actually really, really good. It's a really good thing to do is get people on market research calls. I've had so many people come over into the offers on the back of market research calls because they get that insight into what you're doing. So market research is not also very good for you and your offers and your creating, but it's also a very good sales tool to bring people in to behind the scenes. Like, this is what I'm thinking of creating. What do you think? You know, is this something that you would be interested in? What about like the structure? What about the modules, all the things? And they feel, wow, like this, I've been brought in behind the scenes. They feel more, they're curious about what it is you're creating. I'm more committed to it then as well because they've been brought in behind the scenes. So that's why behind the scenes content is like incredibly important when it comes to any of your offers. I love that. Okay, so 
tangibles. Let, let's give a um, like mm-hmm. a tangible sales tip. So if if whoever's listening to this, if they're launching something and they're like, okay, that's smart. I'm going to do market mm-hmm. research. What tip do you have for them to take the market research participant into paying customer? Like, how do you bridge that gap? So when you're on a call for the first, the, like the first time you're on a call, market research call, firstly, I would always incentivize the person to join the market research call, like giving something back for their time, whether that is one of your master classes, you know, free offer that you have or a paid offer, sorry, that you have low ticket offer, something like that. Maybe it's you just buy them a coffee. Maybe it's you give them, you know, a $5 Starbucks voucher, whatever it is, but really kind of appreciative of their time. Number one, then I would when you're on that call, instead of like having this super structured, generalized market research questions, like what you really want to do is tap into their desires. Like you want to understand what they actually desire. Okay. And what actions that they are taking right now that are keeping them stuck. So rather than, you know, where would you like to be in five years? not the type of question to ask. You want to go deeper. So it's like, well, tell me about your typical day. And you're there like you're, you know, how do you structure your day? How do you set up like what you want to get done that day? And then what are those actions that keep you actually stuck? So for example, a mum might be like, well, I'm trying to balance like between, you know, unpacking the dishwasher, making dinner for the kids and watching a course so that I can learn. So when you talk to her about that that in your content, you can speak directly to what she's actually doing. So she's there, she's rather than just saying the multitasking mum, you're saying the mom that's there unpacking the dishwasher, watching her course and trying to feed the kids. It becomes more real and they can resonate with it more. So asking questions is going to help you tap into those actions and their actual desires. So people will say like, I just want, you know, a 10K a month. But why? Why do you want that? Like tap into the actual desire. The desire is not the 10K a month. The desire is not the money. The desire is what that money gives mm. them. So tapping into that deeper understanding is just it's gold for your content it's gold for the person you're talking to is going to feel like you understand them on a deeper level as well and once you can get into that state of understanding and really that emotional connection that's when people will buy from you so that would be definitely something i would do is asking the right questions not just you know googling market research questions and asking them but tap into your actual customer or client desires and the actions they're taking right now Mm. and then how to really convert them is I would invite them like I would say you know okay I've created the program or the course and blah 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 here it is do you want a sneak peek let me see you're the you know one of the people I thought of you're one of the first people I thought of because we've obviously spoken about it you've been through the whole growth stage of this program with me do you want to see the link do you want to see the slides, whatever it is that you have? And I would share that information with them and leave it open. Like I'm not one for, I don't like that, like convincing energy mm-hmm. sales, cold selling. No. Gives us the ick. So like, just leave it with them. Let them see it and see if it is for them. And at the right time, they will jump in. But pressuring people just pushes them away. Yes, so true. Like, and there's still so many coaches teaching it. I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you pressuring people? Yeah. This is desperate energy. <laughs> yes. And I just, I really feel like I, I've done that. I've been there, done that. I've done the whole, okay, if I just message like, you know, more people about my offer, I have done that back 
years ago when I started to do network marketing, for example, because that's how you were taught. It's not a vibe for me. And it's not a vibe for most people, especially women, because we are tapped into emotion and most of us buy through emotion. So when someone pressures us, it, it immediately causes a barrier. And we're like, I just I don't want to go there at all. Yeah. So by showing them lead like you're sharing through your market research, through your content, and then you're inviting them in a in a real way. Like I know we've spoken about this before. You've explained, you know, this was your these were your issues, these are your desires. You're mirroring back to them through so using sales techniques, but you're not pressurizing. We interrupt this regularly scheduled programming to introduce you to this new life-changing, groundbreaking mastermind for the woman who knows that she wants more in her life, who's done with the tedious, monotonous, boring day-to-day -day routine that makes her feel unfulfilled. Life is too short for that, and this nine-month container is going to completely transform the way you look at yourself, the way you show up, and the way that you run your business. The Rebirth Mastermind is here. Link in the show notes to book a discovery call and see if it's right for you. Now back to the episode. Yeah, you're listening deeply into what they're saying. You're digging deeper into what their desires are. And then you start creating your content and shifting your messaging to exactly that ideal client, like literally what they told you. That's genius. Yeah, so it's like you're going to get like, so say if you do 10 market research calls, you're going to see similarities. You're going to see like, the similar things between them that they are struggling with, the actions that they're actually taking that keep them stuck, and then their desires. So you're able to fine tune your own marketing, your own messaging based off of that. I'm not saying like literally take what they, you know, word for word and go and repurpose it because that can be seen, I suppose, as manipulative marketing where you're trying, you know, using emotion to manipulate them into an offer. But at the end of the day, marketing is all about psychology. Mm -hmm. Like it is all. And if you really want to speak to them, you have to be in their head. So if someone tells me, like the example of the mompreneur who's trying to, you know, balance everything, if they keep it generalized, they don't feel like they're speaking to me. But if they literally are in my head and be like, you're hanging up the washing while like watching your, you know, re recent course and worrying about your content that you've got to get up and blah, blah, blah. Like that speaks to me on a deeper mm -hmm. level. Yeah. And it speaks to other people. Yes, totally. You know, I want to point on the the fact that, or the term manipulative marketing, because I've seen this a lot lately online. Like people have been talking mm -hmm. about how marketing is manipulative, but I actually watched a TED talk a few weeks ago that was like, it's not manipulation, it's strategic communication. And I was like, that honestly, mm -hmm. like, obviously there are people who do come into it with like, who can have malicious intent with their yes. marketing and like do cause harm. But I feel like what we have been talking about, like the example of the entrepreneur mm -hmm. and understanding that ideal client at that deep level, I don't feel like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is a hundred percent strategic. Like you have to understand yeah. your ideal client at the deepest mm -hmm. level of their inner being in order to speak yeah. to them effectively. Because like you said, if you're too broad they're gonna be like who are you talking to <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and like as you said like the maliciousness it's all down to how what your intention is behind your marketing and your messaging so if your intention is good 
stop worrying about what other people think and just trust that, you know, your intention is good. You're doing it from a place of heart. And that's why I'm all about like when it comes to your audience and your content and your business, it's like heart centered. You always have the person in mind. They're not just another number. They're not just, you know, another sales check for you. They are not just, it's that whole thing of like, don't chase followers. You know, you're just chasing the numbers, chasing the the fame, the, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Like get into, understand your people on a deeper level and connect with them on a deeper level and be a real fucking human. That's what people will connect with. Yes. So when it comes to your launch content, like let's, let's move to the actual, that's all part of the launch, but let's move to the like active parts of the launch where you're like front facing. So how does that, Mm -hmm. the human and the understanding your ideal client, how does that tie into your launch strategy and the things, the steps and the actions that you take while you're launching? So yeah, for me, it's based on different offers. And this is something I'm going to be teaching inside my new program, which is coming very, very soon in September. But it's looking at, okay, what do you want to do? So do you want to do it as a short launch? Do you want to do it as a longer launch? It very much depends on that. So this launch that's coming up, is a bigger launch for me, but I launch offers all the time throughout the month. You know, I've got mini offers, I've got different one-to-ones and all the things that will come up. So they are shorter launches, but with say the standard, you know, longer launch, the first thing you've got to do is really create value and nurture that audience. We talk about it all the time, but so many people miss this step. And it is like within your content, I would look at problem awareness content, but not just shouting the problem at them, not just like, you're doing this wrong, you know, that kind of approach, because everyone knows what they're doing fucking wrong. They don't want to be told this shit all the time. They want to be told how to do it better and how they can create that Mm -hmm. result. So I would look at problem awareness content in a way of activating something in your, in your audience. So sharing the problem, but also giving them a bit of the solution of what they can actually do to implement. Quick wins are so important, particularly if you're new to the online world or new to launching providing a quick win that someone can actually implement on off the back of your content is really, really valuable because then they build trust and they go, okay, she knows her shit. That worked for me. What, what else she got? So nurturing through really good content. So problem awareness, solution awareness, activating and educating. But again, not the, for me, I just, I, I don't consume. Think about what you consume. Mm. I don't consume three tips to get here or you know so use it different like talk about your educating content in a different way rather than three steps to do this or you know that kind of thing you can be clever about it think about the content that you consume create activating content rather than just educational so you can talk about scenarios stories client results all those things in a storytelling way and bring it back to like Yes, you can sell in your posts, but get engagement, get your audience's trust going first before like direct selling. Direct selling for me would really come later in the launch, unless you've got like something free that you're, you know, masterclass or something like that. But in terms of content, I would say focus on your value and educational and then your problem awareness, solution awareness content in the first few weeks. Depending on the length of your launch, you would then move into more kind of results, authority, but you want to bring in your personality Mm -hmm. too. And then still keeping your problem awareness and education and then moving that on to more kind of direct sales closer to your launch or when your launch doors open, you're going to be selling 
more directly. Like, this is the offer. This is what it gets you. This is the transformation. Here are the results people have achieved. Do you want to buy it? But I think with your content, content is key. Like, it really is. And I think, which was actually a post I'm going to be doing this week of just written it. You're getting the inside scoop, which is about, like, people focus more on the program itself than the marketing and the content for launch. So they focus on what modules am I going to have? How many calls am I going to have? What's the price going to be? What's the, you know, the VIP access going to be? What are the, the free bonuses going to be? Versus, okay, how do I build deeper relationships with my audience, create better content and sell more? Because it doesn't matter if you've got this incredible program, if you've got no one to teach it to, it doesn't matter. You know, you've just wasted weeks and weeks. So I tend to draft out the offer, what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to teach. I have this knowledge. I know this. I sell it. Then I'll create the thing after I sell it. Mm, yeah. Oh, and I, I feel like that touches on maybe a limiting belief that some people may have when it comes to mm -hmm. selling offers and launching offers is that you have to have it all done first and you mm -hmm. don't. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a secret in this industry is I honestly, yeah. I feel like it's 50, 50. I feel like there's some people who create it beforehand, like mm -hmm. they have to have everything lined out, but then there's a lot of us like you yeah. and I, who are like, we have everything outlined. It's just now we're in mm -hmm. the selling phase. And then we create like the blueprints are yeah. there. It's just a matter of execution. This is the thing. And if you're teaching on something that you're actually knowledgeable, you know, you have the knowledge in, you have the experience in, you know, like the conversation today, you just tell me the topic and we can show up and talk about it. So I literally, before I teach now, which is a paid masterclass, because I do them every month, I will sell the masterclass and maybe an hour or two hours before I will sit down and go, okay, this is the topic. What do I want to share? I will write down a few points on what I want to cover and just let it flow. And that's how I don't do slides anymore. I don't do any of that because it just puts more barriers in place. I will do slides on, you know, certain programs that I create if it needs a visual. But if it doesn't need a visual, why? Yeah. And you know what, Katie, on that point, I feel like a lot more people are starting to try to learn like the mom. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to go back to the mom example. She probably yeah. wants to listen as she's doing all of these mm -hmm. things. She probably doesn't want to have her phone in one hand while she's doing the dishwasher. Like so a lot yeah. of my content that I've been doing in my paid offers is more podcast style. That's so much easier for yeah. me too. And I know that I would rather have that where I can listen and be like, Ooh, that was really good. And then take a note about yeah. it rather than be like, mm -hmm. I've got to sit down yeah. on this live and thing. Meanwhile, yeah. the dishes are still dirty. I am starting to, all of these stressors are starting to stack mm -hmm. up with like, well, I have to do this and that and the other thing, but I also need to get this done so I can do that. It's, I feel yeah. like that is just, it's so, it's so mm -hmm. neat. And I think you, you have to trust your energy on it. Like some people just want to have the slides and that is fine if you can get them done like super fast and you know, it doesn't take you. I have had clients that have procrastinated on courses and spent like a year trying to develop these courses and programs. And it's like, come on, you've got to move. You've got to just sell the thing and see if it sells. And they'd have half of it done and they're still like, I don't want to launch. I'm like, what? Get out of your own way because that is just a limiting belief. That is just a barrier. But it's the same with that. It's like, okay, if you feel that your audience would like an audio only program, create an audio only program. And yeah, there's place where, you know, live calls are good and all of the things. 
And there are other places where slides were good because they're needed for certain visuals or whatever. But it is trusting yourself enough to know what is needed and not just trying to fit it all in because that's what they, whoever they are, say. Everybody do, else around you know? us who's been there before us. Isn't yeah. it interesting? That was a high thought over here. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how many times we let the fear of the others, so like the other people, the other coaches, the just mm-hmm. everybody outside of ourselves. We subconsciously Mm -hmm. immediately go to, well, what would they think? Well, what's industry normal? Well, what's standard? Well, what, well, and if nothing has been done before, but you have this idea and you've never seen it, then it's like, well, then it must not be a good idea. It's unsafe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like someone must have done it and tried it and didn't work. Try it. Like in the, you know, in the e-com world, going back to like my corporate world, in the e-com world, we tested everything. Everything was tested, whether it was a change of a color of a button, if it was, you know, change of content, change of imagery, position of imagery, whatever it was, we tested everything. And you would have like different versions of those, you would put them out for say two weeks and see what converted better. We have to do the same as marketers in business, we have to test and try and take those risks. And as an entrepreneur, like not everyone is fit for entrepreneurship. Not everyone's going to do this. You are a special kind of person if you become an entrepreneur, like it takes fucking guts to go and do it. So taking those risks and testing things and going back and seeing, you know, what worked, what didn't work, that is all key to building a solid business. Mm, Yes. Okay. So I know we're kind of getting short on time here, but I have another question for you about launching. Just, I guess we could like, maybe we could rapid fire this. So Mm -hmm. what are some just different launch strategies that people can test that they can play with? So like, like mm-hmm. a, a wait list or a master class mm-hmm. or something that funnels in? Like, what are some other ones that you would recommend? Yeah, so the obvious ones, wait list, master class. You can do a behind the scenes launch. So you could do one where you're simply launching to your current members in say a membership, your current, say if you've got a Facebook group, it's behind the scenes, private exclusive launch just for them. Um, current clients, you, I've had clients that have just offered to current clients because generally people will rebuy from you and they haven't had to do a live launch because they're current members. I think people forget about that. They forget about the repeat customers that are already in their world and we're constantly chasing new people. Mm. So I think that's a really good one to do a behind the scenes offer with your current audience. I think just, I call it the wild offer. And I did a program about this a few weeks ago, which was like, just throw something up. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. See if it bites. See if people bite. See if they like it. Throw it up on your story. Play with it. Do what feels good to you and literally play with it. If you want to create a masterclass, forget about a big launch series. Talk about it 10 times on your story and see if people buy. Just go and actually do it and stop putting these barriers in place. Email challenges. These are another way that you can do behind the scenes or you could do it like you've done with audio. So I have done challenges on Boxer where it's just audio. They get an audio download like every day from me with a challenge in there. They go do and we, you know, we have a chat through the the Boxer group or email challenges. I've done that as well, where it's like, okay, every day for five days, you're going to get an email with your challenge things to do. You can do a live challenge. You can literally do a live series on your Instagram and keep it there if you want to talk about different things on there. And then I've seen people do podcast series for launching as well. So there is there you can do anything like you can literally do anything. 
depending on what feels good to you. Masterclasses, waitlist, like waitlist, I would do for bigger offers, you know, rather than like all the time. It's really nice to build up a waitlist if you've got like, say, of an offer that you launch once a year or twice a year. It's good to build up that waitlist. But as well, I'm of the opinion that people want to buy now. Why have a waitlist? Just sell them mm-hmm. now and give them a pre-sale link. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you do what feels, my whole thing is like, you do what feels good to you. So when I'm sitting with clients and we're mapping out launch strategies, I'm like, okay, how does that feel? Do you want to do a masterclass? And they're like, mm. I'm like, that's a no. Let's move on. <laughs> what, you know, how does this feel? So it's like, okay, do what feels good to you, but also pushing yourself out of your comfort zone as well. Because if you just sit there, you're never, you know, going to get. So I would say waitlist, masterclass, challenge in different ways, like boxer challenge, email challenge, live Facebook challenge, live Instagram challenge. You can also do the behind the scenes offers. So behind the scenes to your current audience, that's really good. You can do a secret event where you privately invite people in, like I did with Paradigm, my membership, and you privately invite people in to like a networking announcement where you're going to share the details and then invite them directly into your offer podcast ones again and like clubhouse i've seen people do like clubhouse launches as well where they just launch to clubhouse i haven't used clubhouse in quite a while like, wait, people I still know. Use clubhouse? <laughs> yeah people wow. do and i must have deleted i haven't app. used it in so long yeah and where they just do like you know a series of training and they're launching on clubhouse so there are so many things like the, the ultimate goal is that you want to be able to bring in new people into your world, particularly if you're at the earlier stages of your business. If you are you know, a big influencer, you've got 20,000 followers plus, you can do broadcast marketing where you can literally just put the offer out and people will buy. But in general, for smaller businesses or smaller accounts, you need that kind of free event to bring something in, bring new people into your world. Yeah, and the relationship, that trust needs to be there, especially if you're Mm -hmm. selling high ticket because they need to know that you got them with their investment. Yeah. Mm. There's been so many things I've seen online lately where people are like, they just aren't sticking with their investments or they just don't, they aren't, they don't become aligned or coaches or they Mm -hmm. get burned by someone. So, I mean, it's really unfortunate, but I think going in with everything that Katie has been saying and like having that relationship built and having those conversations and nurturing the clients that you already have. Like, I love the fact that you differentiated. Like, Mm -hmm. You can't just put shit out on social media and expect to have a sold out launch if you have like a hundred (laughs) followers. Like you you have to have that relationship built with your audience if you want to have that Mm -hmm. sold out launch. Yeah, Uh, Mm -hmm. definitely. Katie, this has been such a fun conversation. I know you said you have a new program launching so can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, so it's my new launch program. I'm not going to give away the name just yet. That is part of my launch strategy and it will be coming very soon. Ooh. But it launches in September and yeah, just come follow me, I suppose, on Instagram or reach out to me. Like I'm, as, I, as I said, I'm a relationships person, so I'm very much will talk to everyone in the DMs. So I'm at revelrising.co on Instagram. And yeah, I'll be sharing a lot of launch content and, you know, educational, valuable content over the next few weeks as we launch the new program. Yes. And I will have everything linked in the show notes below. So you can just head down there. So Katie, thank you so much for joining me in the lounge today. I cannot wait to see your new program. And um, you guys make sure 
to connect with Katie on Instagram, slide into her DMs, have a conversation with her. She's an incredible person. I've known her for, I think, well, like, a, I'm going to say a few years, but like a year and a half, two years almost. And yeah. She's, yeah. she's a day one. She's an OG. I love her so much. And I'm so happy to introduce her Aww. on this platform again solo i love you too and thank you so much for having me it's been so good and a pleasure as always hey thank you so much for coming out to the lounge today it is truly an honor to have you here a part of this journey in this community with us if you're loving this podcast share it with a friend tag us on social media and leave some love in the reviews below also there are still resources for you in the show notes below so do not miss those before you exit out of this podcast all right see you next week